I'm Sarah Gross. And I'm Sarah True. And you're listening to If We Were Riding. A triathlon-ish podcast. Grab your sock hats, fill your decanter. Friday's here. It's time for some banter. Tri-tips, life chat from two feisty pros, zoomies, arm hair, ebbs, and flows. Rides with influential women in sport. Voicemails from you, now it's in your court. Join in just to stalk raccoons. Do you like your Zwift cast and fear those loons? So unpad your bras and stop that hiding and find out what happens if we were riding. <laughs> hey, Sarah. <laughs> okay, listeners, I got a little excited and started the podcast without us recording. Sarah was very eager. So I like was. we took this we took this pause for me to press record. And like true to form for myself, like I couldn't figure out where the record button is. And then Sarah just jumped right in with, hey Sarah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, we haven't started recording yet. So, but now here we are. I feel all sheepish. Sheepish. (laughs) I was the one taking forever to find the record button. So we're in this together for sure. Thanks. Um, Still, Sarah, I missed you last week. I know. I hope you had fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we had a ton of fun. It's great. It's, it sounded like the group had a good time and that the feistiness word has gotten out and you have a lot of people who are following what you're doing which is super awesome yeah yeah it was um i listened to the oh i listened to your the podcast essentially from last week just before we came on now because i needed to hear what you had to say and i heard your little rant about the kids books um yeah i i, I do have i did have a question um so this book that was like overly gendered towards boys having real professions and girls being mummies or whatever however you want to summarize that situation um was it a new like when was it published it looks newish <laughs> it looks so follow up uh my sister yeah my sister-in-law who's listening who listened to the podcast was dying of laughter because I, apparently we inherited that book from her um and their kids and she kind of hated it too for all the same reasons. Like, wait, why would you, why would you subject me to it if you knew it was that bad? The problem is like, just Hawk really likes it and keeps on finding it no matter where I hide it. <laughs> <laughs> you might have to get rid of it. Like you have to take it to like, oh, yeah. No, how do you dispose of something like that? <laughs> Maybe I'll just start drawing over, like making making some of the characters you know look a little different yeah (laughs) it was as you were talking at one point because you said that they were like cisgendered males or whatever I was like how do we know we don't know there could be a bunch of trans characters in your your you're absolutely you're absolutely right maybe that's the way to roll (laughs) yeah yeah I like that I like that but but we still need more characters who, you know, identify as females. Mm-hmm, um, true. In the book. That's all I'm going to have to say. <laughs> true. So it's funny that I was listening to that today because just a couple of days ago. So Rosie and I started watching. She's been home sick this week off of school. And we started watching um, the Hobbit series in the evenings together. And I 
have seen parts of it. Like I haven't ever sat down and watched the whole series, right? But after we watched the first one, I'm like, there was one female character. It was just, it's like a two hour, 45 minute movie. I don't think I realized before that there's not a single female. This was one female in the first one. There's a couple more female characters that come out later. And then, then you start to see some female characters like serving them at the bar and like sprinkled in. But like we got through the whole almost three hour film with one female character with, and I'm kidding you not, thousands of people in this movie. Like, cause you know how there's all these big wars and stuff. Like even in the first one, there's like, there's just like thousands of extras Unless I like missed some women just like way in the background of the extras in one of the big scenes. Like, but somehow I was like, how do you, like, how do they, I didn't even understand. Like, I was like, are there, like, are there females in this world? Like, how do they reproduce? Like, I actually, like, my brain was like not computing. Like, or did they just forget to put female characters in? Like, I don't have a category in my brain for this. You're, you're absolutely right. So, if you're a big Lord of the Rings person, okay, the orcs are made out of like mud or something. So whatever, they just decided to go with males. Oh, I see. So like they don't reproduce. So there's no female orcs. I yeah, I don't think I don't think they're female orcs. Uh, but there are female elves and dwarves and hobbits. And there's female hobbits? Do I haven't seen a female hobbit yet? They're well, not in the movies. I've watched two and a half movies. <laughs> nope. No, none of the none of the main characters. It's so brutal. There are some female elves, and that's about it. Yeah, yeah. I did. I just like. I. I'm sorry. I'm probably saying something. Everybody's probably listening. Going, yes, Sarah. We know. We know. But I think this is the first time I like took in this information. Like, what the actual? And I know that like it's written at a different time. I get it. All of these things. Like, but like even. I just don't really understand how someone's brain can like fail to compute that like females exist when they're writing something. Yeah. So what's <laughs> interesting is that uh, there's a, there's a series on Amazon that's kind of, mm -hmm. it predates the whole Hobbit um, and Lord of the Rings trilogy. Mm -hmm. um, but it's in that world. And they got a lot of backlash because they included more females and more, um, I was going to say people of color, but like creature, I mean, human life. But even the actors are all, are all white. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's, but there's been a lot of, a lot of backlash where it's like, no, 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 that's not, that's not the world's. I don't know. That's not true to the books. So our world has to be all white. Like all white men. Oh, but not, <laughs> but not men, menish. Yeah, menish, all white menish. Oh my god. Okay, so like this is yeah. Sorry, listeners, for boring you with something that everybody knows already. But like, I just I don't know. I just think like, I was having a moment over that. And it was actually honestly okay. The most interesting. It's like it's Rosie that said it. Good for her, right? Like, yeah. and she and it, it was like the lack of people of color that she noticed first, mm -hmm. and then. And then the and then I was like, oh yeah, there's no women. Like what? What the fuck? Um. Anyway, okay. Coming up on the show, we are going to talk about endurance exchange. We have a lovely voicemail from a listener. Um, nudity at the Nordic Spa, and I rock because the fastest path to living healthier, longer starts inside. 
Inside Tracker takes a personalized approach to health and longevity from the most trusted and relevant source, your body. It was created by experts in aging, genetics, and biometric data from Harvard, Tufts, and MIT. That's quite a list. Inside Tracker provides personalized health analysis and clear recommendations, plus an action plan on how to live healthier longer. When I do my Inside Tracker tests, I always use the mobile blood draw service. It's amazing because you can enjoy a premium lab experience in the comfort of your own home or your office. All you have to do is book a time that suits your schedule and they will come to you. The scheduling is easy and they send you text alerts so you'll get appointment updates and notifications when your Inside Tracker health analysis and custom action plan are ready to view. It's great for busy people who want to save time. So, if you want to try Inside Tracker's mobile blood draw service and find out what's going on inside your body for your health, go to insidetracker.com forward slash feisty and get 20% off today. That's insidetracker.com forward slash F E I S T Y. As a former pro triathlete who now does very amateur crossfitting for fun and is in perimenopause, meaning I can't count on my hormones to be consistent anymore, one of my main limitations is the speed at which I build muscle. It just doesn't come easily for me. I wanted to make sure I am actually getting the benefits of the little time I do have to work out. That's why Amino Co's Perform is the perfect product for me. It tastes good and I just sip on it before and during my workouts. The AminoCo's Perform formula has clean ingredients and is great for your everyday routine to help give your body the fuel it needs to perform at its best and recover faster and stronger from workouts. What's even better is that AminoCo's Perform was created by former Harvard professor and world-renowned clinical researcher Dr. Wolf. As a competitive athlete, Dr. Wolf has completed 62 marathons in under 230 whoa, and is still fueling his body with Perform at age 75. So if you are looking for a nutritional advantage when it comes to boosting your peak athletic performance, I recommend you give Perform a try. It's scientifically three times more effective on a gram-for-gram basis than any other protein source. To try it yourself and get 30% off, Use the code RIDING, R-I-D-I-N-G, when you visit aminoco.com forward slash riding. That's A-M-I-N-O-C-O dot com forward slash riding. Okay, Sarah. Uh, because this is supposed to be a triathlon podcast and we just talked about Lord of the Rings a whole bunch. <laughs> let's, let's talk about something that's kind of related to triathlon. Sure. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> uh, endurance exchange. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So we, I don't, I don't like really remember what we said last week. So I'm kind of concerned that, this, that I'm going to repeat something. Um, but it, the best thing for me was that like we had our feisty booth and the number of people that came up to us um, and talked to us at the feisty booth was amazing. And that already knew feisty and like, interestingly had a number of different like 
kind of like entry points to the feisty universe, if you will. Like, so some of them, so certainly like after Celine's talk on Wednesday about uh, perimenopause, menopause and coaching athletes in that demographic, the, um, she had to go off and do another, um, do a live video for something else. So I was standing at the booth with Catherine and Carrie and people were coming over and asking, and they were like, where do we find the podcast? There was a lot of kind of a bulk of people then, but there were also people like all throughout the weekend who knew, like who knew this podcast, who knew my women's performance podcast, who had heard Carrie because Carrie did a talk about um, making podcasting, like whether podcasting is right for your business and how to do a podcast as part of like the pre, what do you call it? Like the Mm. pre-conference. So she had people coming over and being like, I was at your podcasting session, whatever, talking to her. Uh, We just had there was just a number of like intersections of people who knew us from different places. So that was really fun. Um, the fact that like these conversations, like we did laugh, like Catherine and I did a kind of a lap of the expo area. Right. And we realized after we like, we were just going around and like meeting all the business owners and stuff. And then we realized that after we're like, Oh my gosh, we're having, we're literally having conversations about periods and perimenopause at every single station like naturally not like we're coming up like hi let's talk about periods but like it was just like happening that's Mm -hmm. awesome Mm -hmm. yeah and people because they knew like they kind of knew too like obviously they brought that up with us so we'd say very quickly like very (laughs) it's like we like made ourselves a safe space to talk about periods (laughs) so it's it's not like you wore a t-shirt that says Talk to me about periods and perimenopause. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although next time I probably should. That would be even more, be even better. Right? I think that would be um, a really interesting t-shirt to wear and just see who comes up to you. And then, yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. <laughs> or not. I'm unclear. Um, <laughs> and then another one of my favorite moments was... Um, and I apologize again if this is a repeat, but it was like Vic Brumfield on stage during, so like on the final day, I did that um, panel about the future of the endurance sports industry and or no, the future of the fitness industry. Sorry, more broad than that outside of endurance sports. And Vic talked about her period, like as an answer to, like, it was just like part of another question that it's like was natural for her to just be like, oh, and talk about her period. And I was like, this is, we have come so far. Oh yeah. That's awesome. Uh, so what is the future of the fitness industry? Um, so I, I don't know. No idea. <laughs> I think I always think women are the future of everything. So like, <laughs> that's like, everybody knows what my answer is before they hand me the microphone. <laughs> um, but no, I do think, obviously I do, we can see the trends of like women's sports. More people are watching women's sports, um, women's health topics like menopause are more, you know, are like more front and center. Um, so I think we're going to see a lot and there's more people doing like studying women's like sports science, exercise, physiology, that kind of stuff. So I think like, we're going to see a lot of progress there, obviously. Um, we did talk about, what is it chat? I always forget the acronym of the AI chat GPN chat GPD. Oh gosh. Whatever it is. Should I, people know what I'm talking about? It's like AI. Well, if you don't, it's basically like, it's like AI where you like essentially put it gathers, it gathers stuff from like everywhere on the internet. <laughs> so you, wow. I'm explaining this very poorly, <laughs> but it's okay. you're getting there. 
<laughs> okay, I should I should go beyond that. So essentially, like AI is at a place where we're seeing a variety of products come out where you can feed essentially an AI machine information on one end and it will spit you out like something on the other end that it's like that is you know so you could potentially so even beyond the chat the chat acronym I can't remember um you could potentially have say like an AI machine and this may exist already so somebody tell us if it does but like where you can put in like every training program that's for a 50 to 55 year old person or man or whomever who has qualified for Kona before into an AI machine and spit out a training program. Right. Mm. And so I think there's like this um, fear that like, for example, it's going to take over like marketing jobs um, or coaching jobs, for example, or else um, the other funny one was like Rosie, we were watching one of Rosie's YouTubers and he had fed in, he had fed three movies into the, into the AI and they were all like Bruce Willis movies and then told it to create a movie script out of it. And it was like this, but it was like hilarious. Like it was terrible and it was bad. Right. Um, And so that, that actually was one of the conversations happening was like, what is like, what does this mean? Like, what does this mean for the future of triathlon or coaching or any of these things? Um, And I think like, I don't know. Do, do you have thoughts about this? Uh, I can honestly say I've never thought about <laughs> the impact of AI on <laughs> Drapon. <laughs> I am so sorry. I do not have a fully formulated <laughs> opinion on it. And clearly my thoughts are very raw, as you can tell by the way I'm even describing it. But like, but like, I think, I still think, and a kind of what I, what I said on stage, but what I even the step past that is like, if you're a coach and you're scared that, that AI is going to create a better training program than you, like you're not a very good coach, right? Like, or uh, to say it better, like, I think the cream still rises. So like, if I could, if that would be an amazing tool as a coach, like literally, if I could know the training programs of like how people, everyone who was successful at a certain thing, like did like so like training peaks, for example, would have this kind of information Mm -hmm. if they wanted it, you know, if they could, and like, it could put it into a machine and it could tell me kind of what that might look like. It would only make the training program better that I, as the coach would have to like edit, I'd have to work with the athlete to make sure they were getting through the program properly, that they were resting at the right times. Like there would still be like a lot of coaching in that version of coaching. Yeah. It's, it's just a starting point that that's, that's only, well, if it gets to a certain point, you could nail the science part of it, but you still, you need the art of coaching the the interpersonal relationship and yeah yeah that's well said i'm trying to get the acronym here because chat gpt chat gpt so if anyone wants to check this out you should everyone should do this go to chat gpt and then it lets you put in a topic and it will spit you out like an art you could say like write an article about something and it will write you an article right um so i <laughs> I did a couple tests on it and then I did one test that was hilarious. I was like, what am I like a subject matter expert in that I could actually know the quality of the information I was getting? So I wrote, write an article about Sarah Gross triathlete. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And it was like, <laughs> it was less than 50% accurate. What came okay. back. It yeah. gave this, it gave me this like 
Uh, I won the world's uh, 70.3 championships in South Africa, apparently. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So no idea where that came from. Um, And I'm really into helping people um, achieve like better health and fitness. Like I'm really driven by creating, by helping people be more active. I mean, that's not wrong. It's not that far off, but what? Like, I don't know where it came from. I don't know where it. Right. Interesting. Yeah, it was really interesting. Um, so I've been thinking about posting that on my social media because it was kind of funny what came out. Like, so I think that's the thing is like if you if you have to know your stuff in order to assess whether what you're getting at the other side. Like, oh, I yeah. would never publish something that got spit out of that. And now I forget Chat GPT. Nothing. I would never publish it, assuming it was right. No way. So that that being said, I was listening to. Uh, I don't remember which show on NPR, but the, the intro was all produced by chat GPT and I could not tell the difference. I'll be honest. Really? Yeah. Yeah. The intro, like the audio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the, the beginning script. And then the, the host basically said, Hey, that was, that was created by AI. Created by AI and read by the host or like the, the AI created the host's voice. No, no, read by the host. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We, Nothing jumped out at me. Yeah. So, so we used, we did one paragraph and one thing um, that we haven't published yet that, that Kath, where Catherine put in, cause she needed to write a paragraph about the difference between Olympic lifting and weightlifting. Right. And so this is something that like millions of people across the internet have written this paragraph, like, and it's boring to write, especially when you know this, like, like inside out, like Catherine does. So it, so she just got like chat GPT to write it and then she edited it. Um, and it was pretty okay. Like just for that basic informational, you know, part of like a longer article. Yeah. So people were interested in that. So that's not, that's not considered plagiarism. Do you have to credit chat GPT when you write an article? I don't think so. You, I did a couple of tests where I was like with references. So actually when I was writing, I wrote a, um, an article about trans women in sport and I used it to find um, references, like to find, cause I like literally read to write this thing i read like everything on the internet <laughs> every study <laughs> like it's like it was the kind of topic that's the kind of topic like i didn't want to take on uh, not uneducated in any way right so um and it did pull a couple of references that i hadn't found so then i went and read that but i didn't use the text that it created so yeah future of endurance sport ai ai Mary and women and women <laughs> <laughs> i feel like there must have been other conclusions somebody mentioned tiktok uh <laughs> our conversation was a bit all over the map to be honest <laughs> so and then at the same time you're trying to give like takeaways for people so it's not just all you know it's not just all this conversation about imagine what could be but trying to give people tangible takeaways so it was like quite a lot to kind of fit into an, an hour so did you get did you get tacos because you were yeah so many tacos yeah we were austin yeah austin yeah oh yeah austin yeah Yeah. okay yeah like tex-mex everywhere Mm -hmm. yeah i think i had mexican food like i was there for oh my flight got delayed for like oh my gosh sarah i didn't tell you this 
Okay, I get this here. Now you have to, to go into the U.S., foreign nationals have to show a COVID vaccine. Wow. Not a test, a vaccine. And and um, they like reintroduced this, right? And I'm, huh. I'm going to guess, I don't know this for sure, that they reintroduced it on the morning of my flight <laughs> because I go to like check in with United and there's just like a mob of people. This is like the Calgary airport. There's just like mobs of people like trying to get, trying to check into this flight. And every time that, you know, you check in on a little machine, right? And it wouldn't let me pre-check it because it, it wouldn't let me us pre-check because um because of this because some a human had to check our vaccine cards and so they were not united the long and short of it is united did not have enough staff humans to check our vaccine cards fast enough to get us all onto the flight which then departed without several people including me <laughs> oh no <laughs> yes so then I had to go and like call them, rebook the flight. Eh, it was such a pain. They tried to put me on this like 24 hour journey to Austin. I'm like, no, not doing it. I was like, can I be on the same flight tomorrow? I'm like, sure. So I go back, go, I go back home. I come back <laughs> the next day. And this is like a 6 a.m. flight. So this is all happening at like four in the morning, you know, I come back the next day. And then when I got to Houston, there was like a, hurricane or something or a tornado there was like some massive weather happening Catherine sent me the like map of it it was like this big red like swirl (laughs) so they grounded all the planes there was the lightning we weren't even allowed in the jetway it wasn't even safe to get off the plane at first so then so I was like in Houston I actually thought at one point I was like I'm just if I don't fly today like I'm just gonna go home like Mm. I'm just gonna changed my flight and go back home <laughs> like, and then finally I got there so I was like in transit for longer than I was there brutal yeah 36 hours to get there and probably there for about 36 hours I don't know why I thought you were there longer yeah because we had we packed so much in <laughs> apparently no I might be exaggerating no I was I was there for longer than 36 hours because I was there for two nights Okay, it makes for a better story. Saying it does, yeah. Just like yeah. it was equal, yeah. just take it. That's the story. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was my, you know, yeah, I did take heart. Like I did take heart in the fact that like, again, like those conversations are happening and it's just, like so much change so quickly, honestly, yeah. between like a time of like literally not being able to talk about the fact that like bike seats hurt our clits to right. like this you know yeah. although i didn't mention any clits to be fair i didn't do that test so <laughs> not yet yeah not yet not yet okay sarah we also had a voice memo um so let's listen to that hey sarah and sarah this is aaron from colorado uh your comments while you were at endurance exchange about how usa changed it sparked some things to me where I still feel we've got some work to do. And while I'm happy to see that you have noticed some change, man, we still have a ways. So I'm in Denver and our USAT coordinator sent out a fundraiser for their foundation uh, as, as a way to meet and greet our fellow athletes and raise funds for uh, up and coming triathletes in need. It's at a Nuggets game. Cost to just go to the game, sit in their box seats, enjoy their food 
$90, <laughs> which to me, that's just, we're paying $90 to go see a bunch of people who make a million dollars play a sport involving a ball. <laughs> what does this have to do with triathlon? What does this have to do with trying to get people who could not afford the sport into the sport? Uh, I would rather just give that money that I would spend, probably $120, including parking, buy somebody a race fee, buy somebody a kit, something like that. I emailed the person at USAT my concerns about how I felt like this was a super privileged activity, and I heard crickets back, which, not a surprise, kind of a bummer. Uh, and my other comment on endurance exchange, uh, I am a coach. I really, really wish I could have gone to that, but having it be a during the week activity, I just can't go. Uh, coaching to me is not a sustainable form of income. Uh, I've got a day job. I have to keep the day job to pay for insurance and bills. I make more than my husband. Uh, I would have loved to have gone. I would have loved to have learned things. But instead, I was at my day job driving a desk. Uh, and instead, uh, to do my USAT CEUs, I have to pay very expensive, what is it, $100, $150 for a one-hour webinar that, in my opinion, are not very diverse. It's usually a bunch of white guys talking about white guy training things. Uh, so from that perspective, I feel that USAT, and these are like easy bucket things that they could do, uh, they've got some work to do. Thanks for listening. Bye. All right. On the theme of change and areas where we still need change. Thank you for that voicemail, Erin. Totally. It's funny when she said like white guys talking about white guy training things like it's funny. Like I just know right away. I know immediately what she's talking about. Right. Yeah. Or like what, how that lands for me. Right. It's like being at this, these, being at these conferences where people and there are mostly white men like that's why it's she's naming people like that but like very interested people who are like very interested in tech and science and following it down rabbit holes basically mm. where it's like one th- I, I almost feel it's like one thing leads to another so like some training trend right and then there's like some tech <laughs> where you could like find out your numbers about that trading trend and then there's some acronym that i don't really know that goes with that trading trend. <laughs> and then like people are talking about it like everybody knows what that thing is <laughs> and like i've been at, i've been weirdly like even moreover like i don't know if this is your experience too like i've been in situations like that where i'm like within months of having like won a major race and and they're talking about training in this advanced way. I I have no idea what they're talking about, right? And I'm like, whenever you're talking about, it, I'm pretty sure I don't do that. <laughs> like, so like, and it does feel, and the reason like, I think there's a, I, like I react to that. I know what Aaron's talking about. Like, is that, is that like, it doesn't feel very inclusive because I don't, know what you're saying like I don't know what you're talking about I'm not like I need you to it's not that I can't understand this conversation it's that like I need you to explain what your acronyms mean and I need you to start from the beginning and tell me why you think this model of training or whatever it is you're talking about is the one that we should be using right because I might not even agree with that in the first place right but instead it's like there's like this core assumptions of like well do this and do this I'm like I don't even wear my heart rate monitor every time I go out the door like you know, like, <laughs> so, yeah. 
I don't, is, is that, is that what you were thinking too? Oh of? yeah, 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 yeah. No, I have, uh, had many conversations and overheard many conversations where I just, I mean, everybody has a different approach, but there's something to be said about, um, you know, a more interpersonal approach mm-hmm. to coaching and sport and more flexibility and more human driven, more individual rather than data driven. Um, listen, I, I love the data. Uh, but yeah, there, there appears to be a certain type of person who really loves to go down that route and ignore the fundamentals and the fundamentals really are based on the individual Mm. and like your communication with them. Mm -hmm. Basically I'm saying some of those, you know, white men need a little bit more interpersonal skills. (laughs) (laughs) Some, but like there's some women who need interpersonal skills. It's not a gendered thing. I'm just saying within the conversation that Aaron's talking about. Yes. Yeah. Well, and that's why, like, so I realized, like, when I was hosting the panel on um, the future of the fitness industry, someone brought up chat GPT. And I realized, I'm like, oh, this is a moment where, like, we can just, everyone on stage knows what that means. Mm-hmm. Right? So we can't just assume that everybody knows what that means. Mm-hmm. Or, <laughs> like, so... I, I just like something clicked in my head where I'm like, oh, this is a moment where if I was sitting in the audience and I didn't know what that was, like that's then I would be immediately excluded from whatever the whole conversation happens. And I feel like I've been in situations like that around training and acronyms, <laughs> acronyms. I'm really focused on acronyms, but like that. So that's when I was like, okay, this isn't like as the host now I need to go. And I'm sure I didn't get it right every time. Like, I'm sure we talked about stuff where people were like, what? But like, it's like, okay, now it's, now I need to do. And I did my really bad explanation. Like I just did to you about Rosie mm-hmm. and the Bruce Willis movies, but like to explain what that, like, how do you explain what that AI is to someone who might just be like completely new? But that's, that's only because thinking about other people was, is within your frame of reference. And like, that is something that is front of your mind. And that's not true with everybody. Um, and that is something that we really should really drive home with a lot of people in, you know, leadership positions. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Gotta, gotta have a little bit of empathy. Gotta think about making things inclusive and, you know, not getting like really narrow focused mm-hmm. your blinders on. Totally. Um, and the other thing that came up, like I, the first question that we talked about on the panel was like, whether we're, I, cause I asked them like, do you think we're in a recession? Like, <laughs> I feel like we're in the big, the most talked about, like Kelly Romero said, like the most talked about recession that we don't really know if we're in or not. <laughs> um, and, you know, it, it felt like the answers coming from the panel were just that, like, people are a little bit hesitant or right now about about it, but that they haven't really noticed a lot of, like, a lot of recession in their own positions and in the industry. You know, they hadn't really noticed a lot of impact. And I was like, thinking about it, I'm like, you know, yeah, it, triathlon for the most part, like, our demographic is so middle class and upper middle class that, like we are the people that are like way less likely to be affected 
if there mm. is a recession. So like our desire, and I know USAT has a big desire for this, like everybody does, right? To, you know, to be more inclusive or reach more people, have more people start the sport um, could be impacted, right? Mm. If the recession affects some people differently than other people, right? Like, so I was just kind of playing with this in my brain. I'm like, I'm not sure that that's like, I'm not sure it's like a great answer to be like, well, we haven't noticed anything. <laughs> so, yeah. So triathlon's fine. Like, uh... <laughs> no, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Again, yeah. perspective. Perspective. Yeah. Um, okay. And then, oh, <laughs> I had this note from you about nudity at the Nordic Spa. <laughs> did, you have, did you have thoughts? <laughs> no. Um, I I do have a story though. My sister and her family are living in Germany for six months. Um, and she walked into a a spa, um, or I guess a steam room Mm -hmm. and discovered that everybody in there was naked. Um, everybody in there was male and she's there in her bathing suit. And felt very awkward, both for wearing a bathing suit, which I guess is incredibly unhygienic, um, according to them. And she's like, did I miss the sign? Like, what's going on? A whole bunch of naked German men. And yeah, that's what I thought of. What? Like, I love when cultures are more comfortable with their nudity than we are. Like, you know, whatever. That's cool. Why is it unhygienic to us? I don't know. But uh, yeah, she got some flack for it being unhygienic and she shouldn't wear a swimsuit into the steam room. <laughs> Were they sitting? Like, not, not like, like, I feel like I could make a good argument for more hygienic here. Yeah, you Unless know. you're all just standing in the steam room and not touching anything. <laughs> It seems a little weak of an argument to me as well, but what do I know? Something's missing there. Yeah, something's yep. missing. <clears throat> I don't know. Like, would you go, like, to Kat, what Catherine said last week about, like, being in the, like, about going to, would you go to, like, a women's only naked spa? Probably. But I would feel a little hesitant at first, probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess. I don't know. I'd be, it's funny because my first reaction is like, I think I would go either way, but like, I'd be way more comfortable going with com- being with complete strangers. Oh, yeah. Than with like a group of my friends. Yeah, 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 for sure. For sure. 100%, which makes no sense. But I'm it with you. It makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's weird. The psychology of that is weird. Yeah, I was just thinking, yeah, normally when I go to swim, it's a bunch of um, senior women and they're doing their volleyball class. And it's like, yeah, if I were in the steam room with them, awesome. I don't know them. <laughs> yeah. I, and I think we, we yeah. see each other naked all the time, but I don't, I don't have conversations with them really. <laughs> right. I think there's like difference too. Like I'm very comfortable in the, you know, like people who have any kind of swimming in the background. I don't want to make it sound like I'm a swimmer, but like that, you know, like, because you're used to getting change people are comfortable in the change room i find who come from a swimming background but like there's a difference between i'm naked because i'm getting changed or i'm showering or and like i'm just hanging out chatting with you Mm. well that's when you just 
don't have a conversation with somebody <laughs> in the steam room. Like, why do you have to talk to somebody in the steam room? Like, if you're there with your friend, like, so, so sometimes I go to the Nordic spa, I'll like have a friend with me. Right. Oh yeah, I guess. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. Strangers. Yes. Not a problem. <laughs> it's just weird. Like somebody has to unpack this psychology for me. Cause I can't like my brain is like, I can't explain myself. Right what now. about, what about <laughs> strange German men? <laughs> strange German men is a hard no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, no. Hmm. Well, listeners, if you have any uncomfortable spa or steam room stories, Please drop us a voicemail. Yes. Naked spawn steam room stories. Perfect. Um, okay, we'll take a little break and then we'll we're gonna tell you why we rock. Let's talk about Orca for a minute. In 2018, Orca approached me at the Ironman World Championships in Kona and said, Hey, we love what you are doing and we want to support women better. So we are designing products specifically for women rather than just, you know, shrinking the men's products. And we want your help. That's me, Sarah, and Feisty Media that they were asking for help from. Not only that, but I personally find that my Orca wetsuit is the best I've ever had for flexibility and buoyancy. And I definitely wish I had found it when I was racing pro. Fast forward four years and Orca has launched their new triathlon wetsuits and other gear designed specifically for women. I'm so proud to have been part of this process. So you can order your very own wetsuit and other fab products for 15% off using the code IRONWOMEN15 at orca.com. That's IRONWOMEN, the name of one of our amazing triathlon podcasts, IRONWOMEN1515 at orca.com. All right, all right, Sarah, tell me why you rock. I'm first. (laughs) This is your idea. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Um, Oh, it's always the same though. But the things that I I always like, so when I think about this, about I rock because, right? Like my brain immediately goes to like, what are the things that I'm learning? Because that's the place like where where I feel like, have the most growth right Mm. so that's where I'm like okay that's where I want to be like I have the most growth in this area therefore that's why I rock like that's whatever that's how my brain works and so then that's why it's like often because I'm being most challenged by oh I'm being challenged by parenting this week the challenge is coming from every direction (laughs) this week but I think you know say I said I always say the same thing but um with yeah like the the challenges with building a business right now just like never stop right so I feel like I have had my ability to tolerate things that take up not time necessarily but bandwidth you know what I mean like so for example like we had our all teams meeting this morning Sarah you were on it that takes some bandwidth that's a bandwidth challenge for me um because I am trying to have everyone involved with feisty in any way even the loosest way 
part of a conversation, understand who each other is and see our directions so that we're all kind of on the same page. We do this like maybe once or twice a year, right? Now it's hard to do that because some people are going to sit on that call and it's just boring AF and they don't really want to be there and they want to be getting on with their work, <laughs> right? Like there's some, there's some people in that camp and then there's some people who like that kind of thing and find it quite inspiring to be connected in particular new people, um, which is like often who that's who that's for, um, or all, or also for like my, me and my team to see each other. Like some people, you know, so the podcast, so, so you can see who the new people are so that like, you know, so, wow, I'm like way down the road. I don't even know what I, I don't, I don't even know why I started this, but like, that's like a, so I have had, my point is that I have had every day, at least one or two, like big bandwidth calls and I'm getting better at saying like because I had that I need like a low bandwidth thing with which might which this afternoon ended up being folding laundry <laughs> right Perfect. Um, yeah which I normally wouldn't do in the middle of the afternoon because I feel like I need to be working on something so I'm just getting a little bit better at going like judging instead of just wearing myself out completely good work good work so my my I rock I think you rock because of that so now I'm going to have a related I rock because I was on the all teams call um, and I don't know if this is an IROC or, well, I felt a little self-conscious because I'm like, all right, I want to be on this call, but this is my time if I want to try to get in a training session. <laughs> so I'm just going to be on my bike on the call. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is so embarrassing. And I log on and I'm not even the only one on my bike. <laughs> yes. Which Marley. Yes. So Mar- Marley and I were on our bikes in different places. Uh, she's a new podcast host and it made me feel like I was part of a very awesome community and nobody batted an eye. Um, yeah, it was, it just made me very happy. Amazing. Well, I was, I, yeah, you rock because you made time for that call today. I take that. One. I, I was like, I know how, what your schedule is like. So I totally appreciate it. Um, and yeah, and Marley, Marley is the new host of all bodies on bikes. If people haven't listened to that podcast, they're, they're pretty funny. Like Maggie, her co-host just has this like dry humor. She's just dropping hilarity like throughout the show. So it's a pretty good one. Um, awesome. So many new podcasts. It's so exciting. Mm-hmm. Very exciting. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, great. Thank you so much for putting that together and letting me meet everybody. Um, I was excited because I got paired with Haley, but then Haley Chura, who's the uh, co-host of Iron Women, like this is one of the people I know probably best on the call, but it was great because I didn't mind riding my bike. I did not feel self-conscious riding my bike. Oh, and it worked out her. for you. It worked out for me. Yeah. Right. And I got, I got to see her really cute dog cowboy. So I was pumped. Because um. <laughs> we, it was funny because like Ella and I had talked the day before about, and she's like, oh yeah, I can just quickly do it on the call. Put people with generally with people that they don't know. And so we laugh because she's like, I just stuck people in these groups of people they don't know. And then she's like, and then I just got down to the last two and it was Sarah and Haley. And then they were a group. <laughs> it was like, perfect. It worked. It was, it was low stress. I, I already knew her. So, you know, I felt comfortable. Um, now would, do I feel so comfortable with her that I'd be, uncomfortable in a naked steam room (laughs) 
try. I, I wrap my head around that. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I, I think so. I know. Sorry, you're about to close, but now I have another thought about naked steam rooms. Okay. <laughs> so I guess you made me think of this. I do think that if, like, as you were saying that, I was like, oh, it's all about context. Cause then I'm like, when this might make Haley feel very weird if she ever listens to it, but I'm like thinking, would I be comfortable with Haley in a naked steam room? Right. <laughs> and like, and I'm like, no, but I would be comfortable in a place where culturally we are normally naked. So I'm like, I'd be comfortable with Haley naked in a change room. I'd be comfortable with Haley naked standing beside her in the shower in the, like, sorry, Haley's just a random example. It's probably bad to use someone that we know. But like, so I, I realize that like it's context. So like the German men are comfortable being naked. There were the Germans broadly, but it sounds like there was more men there naked in the sauna. And that was a, that's a space in which they have carved out that you are normally naked. And so if I grew up in that environment, I'm guessing I would also be comfortable. Totally. Totally. Okay. Well, I'm, gl- I'm glad we now <laughs> know <laughs> how you feel about nudity. Um, <laughs> and Haley, I hope you're not too embarrassed if you listen. Sorry, Haley. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening to another week or if you're writing, wait, whatever it's called. If we were writing. <laughs> I have steam room on the brain um, and we will check in with you next week. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. We know what it takes to be reaching the top.